Hey, hey, happy Thursday. Thursday night football day, week five starting off. This is Big Jab from Big Jab in the Fat. Welcome everybody tuning in to us. Appreciate all the followers. We're up to 91 followers right now. I think that's awesome. I'm trying to reach that 100 mark. Hopefully by halfway through the season, we got a couple more weeks going on. Remember, give us that follow on Big Jab and the Fat. All one word at Big Jab and the Fat on Twitter. Always posting new articles, posting new stories, coming with the big stuff. The Fat, my boy J Poe, is going to be out this evening. So it's just your boy. We had a great, uh, great thing we're going to do tonight. We had uh, some good tops to talk about. So, you know, we're going to do it right here. Hopefully, you are watching uh, a really good matchup Bucks versus uh, Bears right now. Uh, looks like they're driving in the second. So we're going to try to get you guys ready for your. Uh, Sunday night game, Sunday and day and night games, and of course we got some games getting pushed back to Monday, possibly a Tuesday night game going on. So remember, adjust your lineups accordingly. This episode, we're going to talk about the triple threes. We're going to talk about your three booms, your three busts, and your three waivers going into Week Five. So congrats to whoever one is. Uh, hopefully, is four and zero right now. I'm two and two in one league, three and one in one league. Not too bad. We'll see what happens uh, this week. I do have Brady and Jones playing, Rojo playing, so I need a big second half of those guys. So, you know, here's hoping that. Get a nice little uh, nice little dub here this week. So, when we're looking at three bumps, we're looking at those players that are going to step up this week and really start to continue their shine, you could say. They're already shining. We want them to continue to shine. And we want to see what they're going to be able to do. So, my first my first bump is, is someone that I think is ready for just an overall solid game. And that's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, I feel, is just trending up and then he dips and he dips and he dips. I don't know if it's the Raiders. I don't know if it's how they're using them. They let go of Lim Bowden, John Richards. There's really not a lot of, really no other running backs there to compete, but he just isn't staying consistent. He started the season with a 35, 36 point game against Carolina. Tremendous. Then went 13 and a half, 14 points. You know, I'm giving give or take for people that play PPR versus standard. A nine-point game, a 10-point game. Not a lot of rush yards. He's only up to 300 yards throughout four games. That's not the average we want. Has three touchdowns. But I feel like this matchup against Kansas City is good. Now, I know you're saying, hey, you know, they have a tough, uh, tough run defense. But they let my boy Damian Harris, who just got off of, uh, off of IR, Torched them for 100 yards. It was a hard fall 100 yards, but they did that to uh, to the Chiefs. So I feel like Jacobs can kind of come back, start this game strong, and continue it. And I feel like he's a good bum pick, uh, This definitely this game against the Chiefs. I'd say start him. Of course, you got to start him. But I'm looking for my guy to get about 20, 25 points, probably a 100-yard game. Wow. I don't know if you guys are watching the game right now, but Jimmy Graham just caught an amazing touchdown. So we're going to do a little uh, a little multitasking here. So we got a little we got a little game going on in the second half. Josh Jacobs, I say what, 22 attempts, 95 yards, a touchdown, probably five catches for 50. Solid game against the Chiefs. They're going to be playing behind. I think they're going to use Jacobs a lot. My second boom is another, uh, another running back who I'm really high on. I kind of wish I picked him up off of waivers. One of our guys in our dynasty drafted him, Jerick McKinnon. Now, if he continues to start the way he's starting, look at these stats. These are fancy football points. I'm going off of a half PPR league, which is my main dynasty league. Week one through four, straight down. 13 and a half, 13 and a half, 16 and a half, 23 points. 
Those are solid. Those are solid points. And that's what you want to look at from someone that you're either going to draft in Dynasty late or you're going to have the chance to pick up off the waivers. You're looking at a guy who just was really, really on fire. Remember, having Minnesota, really feeling good, got the injury, landed on the 49ers, and he had some issues going on. The key with this is, is a system. And I think we always got to remember that. Remember when you're drafting backs, you want to draft for talent. You want to draft for playing or playability. You want to draft for touches, wide receivers, targets, so on and so forth. You want to draft for snaps, but you also want to draft for your system. The 49ers have a great system. They have a great offensive system. That's why you see McKinnon shining, Ayuk shining, and uh, Reed before he got hurt, which, you know, we kind of all saw that coming. He was also shining. So if Jared McKinnon continues to get these starts against a weak, a soft Miami defense, they're gonna he's going to have the chance to uh, start putting up those points again. I see him getting about 25 points, and I still see that push forward that he's doing so well, and that's kind of what you want to see out of a guy, again, that you might have picked up on waivers or drafted late in your, uh, in your fantasy drafts. The third bum, he's really becoming Mr. Consistent. He's on my team, uh, and I really love this kid. I drafted him first. Two years ago, DK Metcalf, the third boom. He's got 16 receptions, 403 yards, and three TDs. What else do you want out of the guy? Is he the number one receiver yet? No. Does Lockett have streakier games? Therefore, higher point games? Yes. But Lockett's on the bad side of that 30-year-old bump. They didn't draft any receivers. They hardly drafted anyone on offense aside from DJ Dallas and a few other players, but nothing really crazy. DK is going to be that number one receiver. It might not happen right now, but he's going to be that number one receiver, and he has all the tools there. They're just grooming him, and they're giving him time. You talk about a guy that not only is a year ahead of his wide receiver three boom, but when he hits his wide receiver three boom, you better watch out because that's going to be really, really dangerous. 19 and a half, 22 and a half, 21 and 16 and a half. Perfect high and wide receiver two numbers, and he's got that boom potential. He's got that potential to really shine if and when he gets those chances. He's against Minnesota. I feel it's going to be a shootout game. Justin Jefferson's coming to his own. D-line's starting to rev up. Cousins starting to let it fly. They're in Sunday night. You're looking at a game where Russ and Cousins both want that really definitive Week 5 win. I see my guy blowing up 32.5 points, definitely over the 100-yard mark. I see two touchdowns in his future. And I think uh, if you can get shares of DK Metcalf, this isn't small news. You should know this. Get shares of DK Metcalf. So those are our bums. Now remember, guys, we're talking bums, busts, and waiver stashes, the triple threes this week on Big Jab and the Fat. Remember, give us that follow when you can. We appreciate it. At Big Jab and the Fat. Again, that's at Big Jab and the Fat on our Twitter page. Hopefully you're watching some Thursday Night Football. 14-3 Bears Bucks. Looks like Brady's trying to go for one more. Don't get this picked off. Got to bat it down. Looks like that's probably going to be the end of the half there. So up next, we're talking about those guys, those players, we all have them on our teams, those busts. And these are the guys that aren't fully busted, but are trending, and you should watch starting them. You might hear some names that shout out to you. You might not hear some names. I'm going to leave two people off this list already. Kenyon Drake and DJ Moore. You might be like shouting in the back, Kenyon Drake? Really? I'm not going to talk too much about him. He's against a soft Jets team who let up, who let Melvin Gordon score over two touchdowns over 100 yards, run for 100 yards. I wouldn't worry about him. DJ Moore, I wouldn't worry about him either, especially against the Atlanta team. We'll see what happens with those two guys. But again, when we're looking at those busts or guys that are trending in that bustable area 
and that we kind of have to to start watching out for what happens uh, later later in the games, especially this week, which is a really uh, a really good week to find some players to hopefully boom for you. My first bus, Mr. Zach Ertz. And I feel like it's not to say that he wasn't performing last season. 220 fantasy points, 88 receptions, 920 yards, and six touchdowns. That's solid. Uh, that's solid low-end tight end one numbers if you really look at the tight ends. But the biggest thing that worries me about Zach Ertz is there's no one to throw the football to. So you're telling me right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think have two healthy wide receivers on their team, who no one behind Miles Sanders is doing anything, who have supposedly still a top, I'd say probably top 12 QB in Carson Wentz, can't get their best tight end the ball. He's played every game. I think he was banged up week three, but he still played, I believe. And he just isn't performing. 19 receptions, 139 yards, one TD. That's tight end three numbers. You got guys like Mo Kali who's coming on. Almost messed his name up. Still think I messed it up. My bad, brother. I'm going to check it out right now. And you got other guys like Schultz who's coming on too. You've got some guys that are actually performing above their starting marks. And that's what you really want. You want to find those sleepers, of course. Mo Ali Cox. Excuse me, my friend. Mo Ali Cox performed pretty well. Schultz, great stash if you have him. I actually like Cameron Bray as a stash with O.J. Howard being out for the season. I think he's got maybe three catches for 30 yards, but look out for him. Zach Ertz is a guy that you hope to get that league high performance from. He just isn't there. Do I see him jumping up this week? I really don't. He is my first bust. So just make sure if you have him in your lineups, not saying don't start him. I'm just saying you might have to watch out and see really how he does. My next bust is going to be a little bit of a surprise here. And this guy, I feel, I feel sooner or later, teams are going to start to say, hey, we just got to stop him. And then if we do, we're good to go. Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray. I keep calling him Kyle. Kyler Murray. My bad, brother. I got my names right this, this, uh, this evening. Kyler Murray is playing phenomenal football. Don't get me wrong. Here's the stats. 28 and a half. Again, this is half PPR. Not that it matters for quarterbacks, but still. 20 and a half, 34, 25 and a half, and 29 points the last four games. 920 yards, 7 TDs, and he's rushing like his life depends on it. I like that out of a starting QB. QB, excuse me. I like that out of one of my guys I might start in the league or stream. I definitely like that. What worries me is those picks. He's up to four interceptions right now. And his yardage. The last game, he only threw for 133 yards. And I get that, kind of like Lamar Jackson. Hey, as long as he's scoring touchdowns, that's cool with us. But what worries me is the stretch of games that he has coming up. And you might be like, what are you talking about? The Jets, Dallas, at the Jets, at Dallas, at Seattle. I feel like the Jets game is going to be a very run-heavy, defensive-sounding game. Dallas, even though they let the Browns literally destroy them, it might be a shootout. But again, I think teams are going to start to say, if we stop Murray, Truly stop him. Truly keep him on his feet. Move him. Bang him up. Hit him. Knock him on his butt a bunch of times. It's going to start to disrupt him. And I think that's the truth. Especially when you're starting to see some of the receivers get banged up. And I know Drake's not starting that great either. So they know they don't have to play so super heavy coverage on protecting or keeping more guys in the box because of the run game. I see him 
turning a corner, maybe not a full drop, but he's a bustable guy in these next three games. Am I saying turn other ways to find a starting QB? Let the Jets game be your test. I'll give you an example. I started Tom Brady this week over Lamar Jackson. I know, right? And Teddy Bridgewater. Sometimes you have to give your team a test. My test this week was to start performance and ability over matchup and skill. The Bears did not let for did not let a lot of quarterbacks throw for much. I think uh, the last uh, the last game, Rivers only threw for two hundred yards. Brady's at like a buck twenty five right now. He's only got one touchdown. Brady's a second half quarterback. They go, they adjust, and they'll come out. Who knows? So I'm really interested to see for myself. Should I have played matchup and skill based or matchup and stat based? Excuse me, versus performance and skill. You gotta give your guys a chance. So if whoever has Kyler Murray, the Jets can be that game where you're gonna test. His ability to say, hey, can you keep this streak of about, well, he's averaging what, 27, 26 points? I'd say 26 or 27 fantasy points a game, or he's going to start hitting that bump. Do I bench him this week, give him that rest? It's not against a great matchup, and maybe I see some shootouts, Dallas and Seattle. So that's what you got to kind of do. Work your, uh, you know, work your, work your thought process around that. Uh, nothing wrong with benching a guy if you really think, hey, it's his time to kind of take a seat. And, uh, you know, kind of watch out what's going on. The last bust, I'm kind of calling this like his his retirement season. Because for me, I feel like he should retire. I don't know about you, but I feel he should retire. And it's weird. He's 30 years old. He has been a starting wide receiver, clutch starting wide receiver for many, many years. He's only been in the league eight years. I thought he's been in the league a lot longer. I thought he's in the league maybe 10 or 11 years. I'm talking about T.Y. Hillen. Uh, he he's a fit, not only is he officially a bust, but I still have seen people draft him in the third round, trade for him, hoping Rivers can bring that magic like he brought to guys like Keenan Allen, uh, Travis Benjamin, guys like that. But T.Y. Hilton is on the wrong side of 30, even though he is 30 right now. 13 receptions, 162 yards, and zero touchdowns. Michael Pittman, who is a hold beyond a hold, who is going to be one of my waiver wire stashes, and I'll tell you why is performing well. Mo Ali's coming on. Jonathan Taylor is kind of getting his feet underneath him. The Colts are relying on their defense. I feel like that's hurting Hillen because before they didn't have to, and now you thought Gunslinger Rivers going to come in. He's not, and Hillen's not really getting targeted. A lot of the receivers aren't. Again, this is a, this is a gestation period. Eason, I guarantee, will be the quarterback next season. I don't see the reason why he wouldn't be. That'll open it up, but it might be too late for Hillen. Michael Pittman showed flashes, and I get... He got hurt. He got injured. We'll talk a little bit about that. But he showed flashes. And this injury was like, uh, I don't know if you read about it, something with the calf. It was a surgery. It was almost like, hey, we need to take care of this now. Kind of when Ayuk had core muscle surgery and Chanel, they were like, take care of this now before you start playing, you know, before you get into the league because you're going to need to do this so it doesn't keep you out. I feel like this happened with Pittman. They were like, hey, let's just take care of this now. Put you on the, the, the quicker IR. You might be out half the season. You're our future. He has every single type of metric you want out of a wide receiver one. Let's hold off. So I think that's what they're doing. But T.Y. is officially a bust. If you have him on your team, and I have one of my, my guys in my league here starting him this week, you know, more power to him against Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to run all over him. And Hilton might, you know, might go five for 50. But if you have him, you maybe are hoping he gets a little bit of a high game uh, this week or next week. Trade him. For a draft pick, if you can trade him for uh, a you know a skill player where you need a little depth to someone that's maybe still a truther to be able to get out. So 
Those are my three busts, Ertz, Kyler Murray, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, definitely watch out for those guys. Now for the three waiver wire stashes. Again, you're listening to Big Jab and the Fat Fantasy Football Podcast. We are moving along in 2020 week five going on right now against the Bucks and the Broncos. 14-13s are scoring in case anyone is, uh, is watching. Again, you'll probably get this a day late, but I like to stay current as things are going on anyway. So, three waivers. I love finding waivers. I think it's one of the best things about fantasy football. And a lot of these waivers are actually going to dig into uh, parts of my own team that I have some few players that I'm really high on and a few guys out of it. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with Michael Pittman. And I discussed him before. You might be like, ah, you know what? And again, when we're talking about waiver wire sessions, let me repeat this. This can be for teams that are in league years, league long years, and it's only that, no dynasty, no keeper. But I will kind of reiterate whether it's a dynasty or keeper stash. Michael Pittman, definitely a dynasty keeper stash. So remember that. This kid has all the tangibles. Uh, the stats are there. 6'4", 220, out of USC. What else do you want? 23 years old. He's going to be really dang good. Now, for his first couple games, they didn't really do a lot. I mean, they're getting him used to it. Only got about 80 yards, three points, eight points, five points, nothing too crazy. But again, he wasn't there to just jump off the playbook right now. They have a transition quarterback. They have their quarterback and he's in the future. They got their running back in the future. I think they got their tight end and Moali in the future. So they really have those skill players. So if you look at next year, let's just say Eason is going to start because this is on a one-year deal. Eason, Michael Pittman, probably Pascal. I don't know about Campbell. I'm, they, might, they might draft another kind of twitchy slot guy to kind of go with that. So Pittman as your wide receiver one, Pascal as your two. Slot receiver will just go for Campbell right now. Mo Ali out there because I think he's just taking over the, the tight end room. And then Jonathan Taylor anchoring that field. That's not bad at all. Excuse me. So when we're thinking about that, he's a great dynasty waiver hole for his skill and for the team he's on. The Colts are kind of like the Niners, except they're not as explosive. They just run good offenses. It's not flashy, but they run it really well. So as you're seeing T.Y. Hilton kind of sing his swan song, I think he's a guy that's not going to retire. I see him getting traded or released. I see a team like the Patriots looking for him. I see a team like the Jets. I see a team, what's what's another team? I just see a team like the Bears kind of taking on taking a shot on bringing in a young, uh, bringing in an older guy, bringing in an older guy with a youthful spirit. There you go, T.Y. I'm going to throw you a little hand out there. He's still got some wheels on him, but growing in and bringing in a guy that 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 can kind of grow the wide receiver room, and he could be a great guy for that to give Michael Pittman that next push. So I see Pittman as a great dynasty stash. Definitely be to look be on the lookout for him. Uh, my next guy up is the tight end out of Green Bay. I got him in one league. I didn't get him in another league. Robert Tanyan. Uh, congratulations. You are the num- you are the Green Bay Packers number one tight end. No points the first game, 10 the second, 16 the third, and then of course he blew up against Atlanta, whoever was streaming him, or got the chance to just say, hey, you know, I'm gonna go for broken stardom. 34 points. Again, this is a half PPR league. I'm in 34 points. Now he's on a bye. He's got some great matchups. Tampa Bay might be a little tough, but I think Rodgers still swing it, uh, sling it out there to him. Houston, Minnesota, San Fran. This is a guy that could possibly be that starting tight end going forward for the rest of your year if you need that spot. If he's on your waiver still, pick him up. He probably isn't, but you never know the type of guys that are like, eh, that's a fluke. Ah, he's on a bye. I don't have the spot. Don't be afraid to pick up a guy on a buy that could get you points after the buy for two reasons. 
One, if you have the position and the space, pick them up. Even if it might cost you that third backup QB or that, you know, if you're playing IDP, that really good linebacker you're trying to hold, get that offensive player, number one. Number two, he doesn't have a buy left. So now you know you have him for another nine, ten games, maybe more. That's beautiful work right there. So I really feel like he's a great waiver sta- uh, waiver wire stash, especially with a team like the Packers, who are, again, slinging it out there. They're making it happen. They've done it before. They're doing it again. My final guy, I love this guy. I love this kid for so many reasons. One of the main reasons is it's going against everything that you should think about when you're choosing a running back. But the other reasons are he's so talented and they're just waiting for this kid to step up. He already stepped up last week in a great game. My boy Damian Harris. Last week, he got a smooth 100 yards, right at 100. 17 attempts for 100 yards, 5.9 average, and no one's talking about him. No one's talking about him. All they're talking about is what we've heard before. Simplistic. We've seen it. Bill check running backs. He's on the Patriots. You can't draft a running back from the Patriots. They'll screw you over. We've all seen it, and we've all been a part of it. But remember this. Remember a time. I feel like the way, the going back in the Wayback Machine. Remember a time where there was two running backs for the Patriots that were demolishing teams if you had them. There was a time, and I think we all remember, when Leonard Fournette, I'm sorry, Leonard Fournette. He reminds me of Leonard Fournette, like Garrett Blunt. Sorry about that, Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's not playing today. I think he's I think he's activated. Where LeGarrette Blount, who almost could be Leonard Fournette's older brother, LeGarrette Blount, was the, I think they were the same number too, twenty seven. I think he had to, uh, Fournette had to change his number for Rojo. But LeGarrette Blount and James White were dominating the backfield. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, I believe. Maybe a little bit later. Maybe twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Dominating the backfield. You could have both those guys starting. And dominate if the standard league or PPR league or both. That's a time where they had the offense catered. They had two running backs going at the same time and they dominated. I see the same thing happening with the Patriots. Maybe not right away. Michelle is hurt. Surprise story there. He's out. Quad steps. Injury. Uh, IARD. Or he's on the IR right now. Probably not going to have IRD. Probably not going to return. Who knows? Burkhead's getting older. And you got a bunch of other guys right behind him. I, and I get Burkhead's getting a lot of touches. I don't really see it lasting that long. James White's back. He had a terrible tragedy happen. He's back, and he played very well. And then you have Damian Harris sitting right there. Ripped off 100 yards against a stout Kansas City defense. An easy 100 yards. And I know you're talking about he could have been there for the end zones. He could have been there for that red zone areas. Rex Burkhead did. Rex Burkhead got in. Got in. But remember one simple thing. He gave, they gave him 17 attempts. Also, a few, uh, I, think he, I, think he, I think he had a few uh, throws out there for a catch, maybe one or two. Not a lot. He's, a, he's, a, uh, he's their guy on first and second down. We know that. James White's there. James White's getting a little old. This guy had the chance to sit and wait. He's only taking this full year as his first real full year. Last year, he didn't do a lot. Uh, 5'11", 215 out of Alabama. You gotta love Alabama backs. Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs. You gotta love Alabama backs. I get it. He's on the team, like the Patriots. Waiver wire stash, both in dynasty and in year-long leagues. I feel like come... I'm gonna say Denver's kind of like the game where you're gonna see him still kind of do his thing. 
but not a lot. Come the San Francisco game, I think he's going to explode. I really do. They're home. I think they're going to give him the rock. I think they're going to let him kind of mix. I just don't see I don't see Sonny Michelle coming back, and I really don't see them keeping him. Damian Harris, the reason they brought him back now is they had the chance to wait. They didn't want to rush him back. He had surgery on his pinky, I believe, and he looked good. Held the rock, held it tight, almost busted a big, he busted a big, yard, uh, big 41-yard game, which is great. He's right there ready to operate. So I'm really excited to see what he does with that. And I think he's going to take it over. So that's a great waiver wire stash for you. Keep your eyes on what Damian Harris can do. Remember, guys, you're looking for people here that can really give you that next step up. I like Damian Harris. We got Robert Tanyan. We got Damian Harris. We got Michael Pittman. Excuse me, Robert Tanyan and Damian Harris for our three waiver stashes. That's what I have for you right now. Crisp, clean, big jab in the fat right here, giving you three booms, three busts, and three waiver wire stashes. I said that last three kind of weird. Remember to give us that follow back at big jab in the fat. Again, that's at big jab, J-A-B, and the fat on our Twitter page. My boy J Poe, AK, the fat, he's going to be out later. I believe he might post uh, something a couple days from now. Want to give you guys some of this. Remember, get ready for your week five matchups. This is really big. Remember, you are going either five and zero, oh, two and three. Hopefully, not over five. This is a big week. You gotta risk it. You gotta risk someone like Brady. Maybe you gotta risk someone uh, that you think maybe had a bad week, like a DJ Moore. You gotta, of course, start your guys like Calvin Ridley. Remember to stack those skill players. You can get by with an okay quarterback play, a 20-25 point game, but don't forget to stack those skill players. Check your matchups, and always go with your gut sometimes too. We'll see how the second half plays out, guys. Remember, give us that file one more time, at Big Jab in the Fat on our Twitter page. Again, thank you for your time today. This was the triple threes, three busts, three booms, three busts, three waiver wire stashes. It's your boy, Big Jab. I am out for the night, as always. Stay safe, stay humble, and take care of each other.